If you're lucky, you listen to them talk. They're on their way up and they can't stop. For all things great iron and hard top, it's Kevlin's feet since the sandbox. Since the sandbox fans, welcome back to the sandbox, and we're here to discuss our NFL wild card round. Crazy that we already got through 18 weeks of the season, and now we're counting down the days until the off season. But me and Kevin here, uh, Luke couldn't be with us this week. And let's start off, Kevin, on our Saturday games. And our first game is the Colts and the Bills. So I think there's a couple of things that these two teams need to do to ensure themselves another football game this season. And for the Colts to win, I think they have to at least hold the Bills to 20 points. Jonathan Taylor's got to be somebody that's going to continue to carry the ball the way he has been. But on the flip side of that, for the Bills, I think the Bills are going to have to continue to score early and often, just like they have been. And I trust Josh Allen with that offense to really continue the success. And they're going to have to be able to stop the run. And I just think that, you know, if they could slow down Jonathan Taylor, you know, Phillip Rivers is very susceptible to some mistakes. I'm going to give a game prediction here, and I'm going to say the Bills win at home 31-21. I think this game is all Bills in the first half, but I think the Colts make a late push to make it a close game. Yeah, so Steve, um, just to dive in with that Colts-Bills game, I agree with the Bills. I think their biggest thing would be slowing down Jonathan Taylor. I mean, he's really the motor behind that Indianapolis offense. If he's going, then the rest of that offense can get going. But I think for the Colts, their biggest thing is containing Josh Allen I mean we talked about it earlier he's one of those guys that can extend plays and when you have receivers like Diggs and like Cole Beasley if you can extend plays they're eventually going to get open not many secondaries can stick with them for more than you know seven eight seconds at a time so if they can contain him and keep him in the pocket and and put pressure on him and maybe you know knock him down a few times in the first half then they might have a shot but if they don't and and he starts opening up that defense and they can start running and, and doing what they do best then they're going to be tough to beat. But I think also for the Bills, their biggest thing is Josh Allen can't make any mistakes. I mean, if he plays a clean football game, it's pretty hard to think that Indianapolis is going to beat them. But to give my prediction, I got them winning 27-17. I think, you know, it's going to be a a pretty close game, and I think it'll be, you know, 24-17 for most of the second half, and I think the Bills will get a late-game field goal, and Indianapolis will just crumble. But is what it is 27 17 Lou I'm sorry but for the shoe it ain't happening this week this is this is the beginning of the end yeah Lou we were rooting for the shoe all year but you know it just came down to them actually getting in the playoffs and just so happened that they have one of the toughest matchups this weekend so always rooting for the Colts but don't think that this is going to be the game let's go to our next game Kevin that's the Rams at the Seahawks and these teams already played each other twice this season we know that Jared Goff got thumb surgery last week, so I'm expecting no Goff again. But on Seattle's side, you know, they're going to have to be a pretty consistent team. And I know the second half of the season, they've been a better defensive team than they have offensively. But I just don't know what their identity necessarily is. And they're struggling to put up points. I mean, they're winning games ugly. It's just so, such a different field than how we felt earlier in the season when we were saying, oh, Russell Wilson for MVP, this and that. I'm expecting this game to be low scoring, a division game. My score prediction is 18-15 in favor of the Seahawks. I think if Jared Goff was here, 
it might be a little bit of a different outcome. I, I definitely think that Jared Goff has more of a, a field goal impact over John Wolford, uh, or however you say it. But yeah, I, Seattle definitely got lucky that Goff was out. I think the Rams might have been the better team throughout the course of the season. Yeah, so I agree about the Rams-Seahawks game. I mean, I personally think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I think this is going to be one of those weeks where I think we're going to see that throwback Russ MVP type of performance. And I know Jalen Ramsey, you know, but that Seahawks offense has a lot of options. And if Chris Coxon can get going early and they can open it up and, and play both, you know, the run game and the pass game, then they're going to be hard to beat because you got to think with no golf, there's a chance that that defense is going to get tired if, if the offense can't move the ball and they have a couple three and outs, then if you give Russ the ball back that quick, he's going to tire out that defense. And I just think, you know, that's a recipe for disaster for the Rams. But on the flip side, I mean, like you said, that Seahawks team has to stay consistent. If their defense goes back to what it was in the first half of the of the season, then there's a chance that Wofford could act, or whatever his name is, Wofford, Wofford, however you pronounce it, I don't care. There's a chance that he could have a decent game. I mean, we know they are loaded with receivers. They have a good young running back core. So if they can break down that Seattle defense, then there's no doubt in my mind that they'll be able to move the ball. Is it the same impact as Jared Goff? Obviously not. But like I said, if that Seahawks defense takes a relapse and goes back to what it was in you know, week two and three, then it's going to be a lot closer for game. So like I said, I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I think with no Jared Goff, it's going to be 28-17 Seahawks. But we'll see what happens. Yeah, we definitely will. Things will get exciting. And we were talking about how good that NFC West was going to be all season. And I don't even want to say that it was necessarily good because none of those teams really stood out when they had the chance to take the division. But it was very competitive to say the least. Now, our last game on Saturday is at 8.15. The Bucks at Washington. And please, I don't want to talk about it. It should be the Giants right now playing the Buccaneers for the second time this season. And you already know we have the recipe for Tom Brady. All right, I'll give some kudos to Ron Rivera and Alex Smith. I mean, those guys are pretty human people doing inhumane things in their life. So shout out to them for really having quite a year in 2020 and really putting their best foot forward. I think the Bucks need to commit to the run in this one with both of their backs in Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette because we know that Washington's defensive front is going to be the strength. That's what's going to be talked about as far as it goes for the football team. But to get those guys, you know, we get those guys tired. I think it would be very important to have a low-scoring first half and really get the running game going. Then the second half, just let Tom Brady loose, hopefully, you know, Mike Evans comes back healthy with a hyperextended knee. Hopefully that's all it was. I mean, that's a, that would be a huge loss. But thank God they have depth at the wide receiver position. I am expecting the, the Bucks to make a huge push. And I expect them to beat Washington 34-17. Yeah, so first of all, I'm happy it's the, it's the Washington football team and not the Giants. Because if the Giants made the playoffs and the Pats didn't, would have never heard the end of that. Um <laughs> But no, shout out to Washington for sailing the division. But no, I mean, realistically, I, I think this is just, I think this is one of those games that we all know the outcome and it's not a knock to the Washington football team. I think they definitely, you know, were starting to turn that franchise around. They were obviously able to steal the division, which I'm sure back in weeks one and two, no one probably thought was possible. Um, So kudos to them. But this is just a David versus Goliath type thing. I mean, you're talking about the best quarterback ever with arguably the best offensive roster in the league in playoffs in a new conference 
it's going to be an absolute bloodbath. But with that being said, I think it is only 31-17. I do think they win only by 14, but I think they take a commanding lead in the first half and kind of start milking the clock. I do think, you know, guys like McLaren and Logan Thomas may be able to sneak in a touchdown, but I don't see much more than that. Alex Smith's been a great story this season. But it is what it is. It's David versus Goliath. I mean, let's be real. This is probably the most lopsided game in all of football for a playoff. So it is what it is. The GOAT's going to win another one. Yeah, Kev, that, that's uh, probably our closest score prediction there. So we'll see what happens. But I definitely hear you in your David and Goliath comparison. But let's move on to Sunday in the wild card round. And our one o'clock game is a revenge game. We have the Ravens at the Titans. Kev, I know which way you're going in this game. <laughs> Come on. But, Anthony, don't worry, dog. I got your back. I got my Ravens in this one. I think the Ravens do beat the Titans 28-24, to so it is very close. But I do want to share some respect to Derrick Henry. What an accomplishment, a milestone, 2,000 rushing yards to the King. Um, that was absolutely incredible. The Ravens look like a better team right now than when they looked early on in the season. I think Lamar looks world's better than he did in the first half of the season. I think he's passing the ball pretty well than people have really gave him the credit for this year. But for the Titans, I think you do need to get Tannehill in the passing game to really win this one because you know when you play against the Ravens, if you get a lead, you know they have a really hard time of coming back from that. So you really want to make sure that they can capitalize. And the Ravens are obviously going to focus on stopping Derrick Henry on the ground. You know, that's going to be their biggest goal of the whole week. So I definitely think that that part of their team needs to show up. Yeah, so I'm going to save my uh, my score prediction for just a few seconds. But no, this is definitely going to be one of the more competitive games, I think. Like you said, it's a revenge game. I think Derrick Henry's going to have a good game. I think he's one of those guys that... Steve likes to call matchup proof, um, but he really is turning into one of those guys. I mean, can you slow him down? Yeah. Can you stop him? Probably not. So expect a, a decent game out of him. I do think Steve's right. I think Baltimore's main thing on defense is going to be slowing him down and taking him out of the game. But if you do that, you still got Corey Davis and Jonu Smith and uh, A.J. Brown to worry about, and Tannehill's no slouch either. But I do think the Titans are going to win 27-24, so close score prediction, just flip side. I do think it's going to be a close game, but I think it's going to be one of those situations where it's going to come down to a late-game drive, and Derrick Henry's going to will them to at least field goal range, and they're going to and they're gonna finish the game. I mean, it is what it is. When you get a guy like Derrick Henry on the field with the roster that he has, it, it, it's tough to think, you know, in a close game that he's not going to will them to a win, but definitely going to be a close game. Give credit to the Ravens. I bashed them earlier in the year, but like you said, Steve, Lamar looks a lot better. That team looks a lot better. So if they were playing like this in the beginning of the year, probably would have been a different outcome to who they were playing. They probably would have got a different seed, but is what it is. They've definitely turned it around and shout out to the Ravens. I mean, they're hot, but again, I think this is the beginning of the end for them. We'll see. Kev, we will definitely see. Now let's move to the 4 o'clock game where one of your other teams, along with the Titans, um, got in the playoffs and they needed a win. They lost and they still got in, so they should make sure they thank the Cardinals for that. I know me and Anthony Holman were going back and forth talking about the Bears all Sunday. But Bears at Saints. Saints fans, this is finally a first-round playoff game that you guys can actually win. So round of applause to you guys. You guys did not get the Vikings. You guys did not get the Rams. Uh, and Drew Brees can actually focus on 
getting into the second round of the playoffs this year. Um, I definitely think that Sean Payton is going to have his team ready. And to be honest, I think what I'm hearing, what I'm feeling, this is probably the last run for Drew Brees. So that Saints team is definitely going to be focused on getting ready. I just hope that they don't overlook this game because that would be very Saints-like to go one and done in the playoffs, like I said. But the Bears are hungry. They shouldn't have been in this position. Mitch Trubisky got them back there. Um, But I think the Saints are going to take care of business. They've handled teams handsomely over the past couple of weeks, and I know they had a a close game with the Bears earlier in the season, but I have the Saints winning this one 38-17. Oh, yeah, so I'm torn here. I mean... You guys know I've been preaching the Saints all all season, but the Bears, I do love my Bears, so is what it is. But I do just want to, you know, take a moment to reflect back because I want to say it was our second power ranking, so that would have been, what, week eight or week around there? Or it might have been our first power rankings, I don't know. But I did tell Lou and Steve that the Saints would get past the first round of the playoffs this year, and that's looking pretty likely. So shout out to myself, <laughs> had to gloat a little bit. Like Steve said, the Bears really don't have any right being there. Well, they did in the beginning of the season, but not so much, you know, how they finished off the season. Um, And it's just a bad matchup. I mean, it is what it is. You're talking about arguably the best team in the NFC going against arguably the worst wildcard seed besides maybe Washington. Lobsided match. I get the Saints winning 34-13, so still the 21-point deficit that you had, Steve, but just a few points lower. I think it's 34-13. That Saints offense is just going to be a runaway train, even though with that Bears defense is pretty solid it's just too many options and Kamara's playing like a chicken with his head chopped off I'm sure Michael Thomas is going to be healthy with knowing this is going to be Breeze's probably last season so going to be a, a sight to see but yeah it's going to be another bloodbath another bloodbath and another Sunday game where one of Kev's teams are up <laughs> so we have the Browns and the Steelers at eight o'clock and, and guys, this one is, is going to be very interesting. This is the third time um, these teams are going to match up this year. And they just matched up last week, but the Steelers had a lot of guys out. And I think this one is, is going to be very close. I think it's going to show to be an AFC North matchup, but I think the better offense is going to win. I think both of these defenses will play very solid, will keep their teams in it, but the offense that has the least amount of mistakes will definitely win. So at Baker Mayfield, at Big Ben, at the Pittsburgh receivers, we're talking to you guys. I definitely have a score prediction. I have a five-point game in favor of the Steelers. I actually did choose the Steelers here. I didn't have the Steelers on my power rankings. I do think the Browns are playing better football the last four games of the season. But I think the Steelers will do just enough to beat the Browns. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've been preaching the Steelers again, and I was right. Another another Kev team in the playoffs. So I think four out of my five teams made playoffs this year, and we're a pretty high seed. So I'll gloat about that, but not the Pats. So I'm still a little sad. But, yeah, I mean, this game is definitely probably, um, besides that Rams-Seahawks game, oh, yeah, yeah, and the Ravens-Tennessee game, definitely one of the closer games on the list. I think the Steelers' biggest thing, obviously, they're going to focus on is slowing down that run game. I mean, you do that good chance you beat them but I do have the Steelers winning 31-23 but I do think it's 28-23 until the last couple of minutes and I think the Steelers get an insurance uh, field goal you know with a couple minutes left in the game but definitely going to be a close game Steve I think you're right I think the offense that makes the least amount of mistakes is going to win and if history repeats itself 
I'm just going to go on a limb and say the Browns are going to make more mistakes. I know those Steelers receivers are bound to tip a ball up in the air or something like that, but I think Big Ben's going to be focused in. I think, like we talked about with Breeze, this could really be his last run realistically too, so he's going to leave it all out there. It's really up to his receivers to catch the ball. I don't think he's going to make any mistakes, but as far as Baker Mayfield, I think he might make a couple, and if it is to happen, it is what it is for the Browns. I mean, definitely not a disappointing season for them whatsoever. I mean, they're in the playoffs, uh, had a good record, so I think it's just going to be learning curves at this point for the Browns. I think they're going to need just some experience under their belt before they make a serious run. Well, guys, that's going to wrap things up for our Since the Sandbox Wild Card Round Preview. Hope you guys all enjoy Wild Card Sunday, Wild Card Saturday, and it's one of the best times of the year, guys. Leave us that five-star review. Since the Sandbox fans, we out. Peace.